0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver, and Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. And we're back with another virtual episode of Conversations with Coco and Friends. Virtual for us because we can't have guests in the studio right now, which is sad face, but forever, it's just our new normal. Welcome our girl, and probably your girl, Oxnico. Nico. Hi! (laughs) at lex nico is our go-to gossip gal who seriously just gets it and gets us alex is a well-rounded queen she is the creative inclusion lead at pinterest while keeping us all up to date with celeb gossip via ig daily in her stories and is the founder and host of her very own podcast one last thing without further ado let's hear the tea hi Lex. hi
2: how are you all doing today
1: Good. How are you? Pretty I'm jazzed. Pretty, Pretty jazzed. Account. I'm like, we want all
2: the tea. I know. All of I'm it. It. so excited to talk with you all. This is the thing that I miss: is like sitting around gossiping. That's how we started gossiping online.
1: <laughs> Literally. That's so true.
3: I mean, do we have any like any gossip that's fresh?
2: So like, you know, I was on edge for the last 48 hours because I thought Maluma was having yes. a baby without oh me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And you got me all wrapped up in the, yes. the um, J-Lo A-Rod thing. Like I started, oh, I went God. on that page oh, and I went like on that person's page for like way too long. And then the housewife one, I was just like, my, I, was, I know, uh, probably an hour.
2: It's just <laughs> like every day something new happens. And I honestly, I, I always in my mind, I'm like, where's Chris Jenner? I can't keep up. I actually can't. <laughs> She was the one that was keeping me up. But yes, is doing an album. It's called Seven Days in Jamaica. That's the hashtag seven okay, days. Okay, okay. Because he filmed it and it's got like a real reggaeton vibe. Ooh. Sounds so good so far. Um, He's not having a baby to my knowledge. And then there's the whole, did A-Rod sleep with this woman from Southern Charm? Allegedly, mm-hmm. while dating J-Lo. Oh my gosh. Mm. Mm. Southern Charm is getting a lot of heat. This
4: week, I I
1: see it. Yeah, I know I want to watch it.
2: And it's all with this same girl, Madison LaCroix, right? Because she had the whole issue with Jake Cutler and Kristen Cavallari. And now she's the one involved in the A-Rod drama, him flying her to Miami, sleeping with XMLB players, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Ooh.
4: (laughs) We need Madison right here, right now. I know.
2: (laughs) I would love to talk to her.
4: Lex, your Instagram stories literally keep us going on the daily, especially through Mm -hmm. these very bleak times. (laughs) Um, But for the people who don't follow you, first of all, shoot Alex Nico a follow. Her handle is Lex Nico on all platforms. But we want to go way back. Tell us about how you went from being a fashion influencer to becoming our go-to gossip gal on
2: the gram. Oh, yeah. I mean... So this was honestly out of personal interest. I have to be completely transparent. You know, I was starting as like a blogger when blogging was the thing as a creative outlet. I was working in finance at the time and I just, I needed something creative. And I realized very quickly that, you know, my page views and things spiked more when I showed myself. So my outfits, what I was cooking versus more inspirational pieces of content that I was curating from across the web. So I started shooting myself and doing outfit of the day content, different recipes and food that I was eating. And I like all of that stuff, but like fashion isn't something that really thrills me. And I also don't really love shooting that content. And it started to feel like a big chore. So in my mind, I was like, I need to figure out a way to, you know, navigate the the evolution of Lex Nico, let's say. And I realized this is really what like changed and pivoted everything for me was that Instagram stories happened. I started talking about The Bachelor on Mondays just because I've, I've watched the show since the very first episode. And so like I would update my followers in the commercials about like what I thought who I thought was gonna win and all this stuff. And it just, I noticed that my Instagram story views started spiking on Mondays. And if I didn't do it, people were DMing me being like, are you not talking about The Bachelor today? And so I was like, maybe I have something here that out of personal interest, I actually love doing, and I want to pursue this and explore it. And that's really where the evolution started from. And then I was like, you know, I love sharing what I think about red carpet looks and award season is my favorite season. And I was like, why am I not talking about pop culture, which still captures like the fashion, the beauty, the lifestyle of it all. But like under the scope of what I love talking about, Mm -hmm. that's so much more organic. And that's really what happened.
1: Key takeaway here, analytics matter. Look at your analy- oh, analytics gosh, yes. people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Isn't that so true? Those Everything are the facts. They used to scare me so much I would because I'm so emotional. I'm like, they didn't like it. I worked oh. so hard on it. <laughs> and now I'm just like, no, it didn't work. Next. Move. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Next. And no. honestly,
2: we can talk about that in the TikTok conversation because like, I spend time on pieces of content and I'm like, this is so funny. It's so beautiful. It like falls so flat. And then I like react to something like Rihanna's perfume. It has a million views. I'm like, what? That's amazing. <laughs>
1: and I also want to buy that perfume just it because of your so post <laughs> I, Dude,
3: TikTok made me buy it a real thing. You posted it. I literally went straight on Sephora and I was like, fuck, it's so dope. And then I was like, email <laughs> notifications.
2: So it's so The power
4: of influence is a real thing. And I feel like TikTok has taken that to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. Like people who never cooked are now chefs in the kitchen making videos. The famous, like the the TikTok leggings.
3: I was trying to buy those, couldn't get them. I was like, yo, listen, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to do that silhouette challenge tonight.
2: What's that? Hold on. (laughs) Is this the thing that Makeup by Ariel did? I don't know.
3: It's Kylie the one Jenner. where it's red. Like they're like, they're. it's like they're, you show yourself like looking like a bum and then it goes red and you do like your whole silhouette. Yes. yes.
1: yes. That's yes. the one. My favorite one right now that <laughs> my friends have been trying is where you draw your lipstick lip up here and then it looks like you got like lip implants. Like <laughs> oh you, you basically look like Kylie Jenner, like your lips are like, but my friend tried it with, um, with a, like a, a normal lipstick, not a matte one. And, mm-hmm. and she has decent sized lips already. And she, she just looked like an absolute clown. And yeah. it was the funniest thing. And then she tried to wipe it off and it's like all over. I'm like, that's a good video. It's like, oh my fail. gosh,
2: I'm going to try
4: this. I Do love it. that. Okay. <laughs> and then just set up your tripod super wide shot. Your lips yes. will be popping. No one needs the close up for this, babe. <laughs> oh
3: my God. I love it.
4: So I want to know, I don't know if you can even
3: answer this, but I think it's so important. Where do you get the tea? Like all your celeb tea, where do you get it from? And is that a thing you can tell us?
2: Yeah, I mean, okay, for like the roundup, I've got my go-tos and it really started where it was just like pulling from my favorite accounts or those go-tos like Just Jared, Just Jared Jr., Us Weekly, People, Complex. I go there, but then I also go on like Twitter and you can kind of see what's trending on Twitter and low-key. But what's been interesting is as I've started posting the daily, it's become this community collective. People are always like, are you Demois? And I'm like, I'm not, but I get it because people Mm -hmm. do send me tips now. And it's like, I don't share them as liberally as Demois would, um, or other, like other people, but I definitely, you know, it impacts the way that I'm speaking or addressing a certain topic or behavior. Sometimes, as we all know, with certain people, I get direct people DMing me, trying to share their side of the story. And that can be interesting. (laughs) I direct my notions based on the tea that I get. And now I'm getting sources from people as well, which is amazing. But then there's other things like I don't share. Like people will send me that they saw a certain celebrity and they're pregnant. Or this one is, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that they're sexually identifying privately versus publicly. Like I don't feel comfortable sharing that. So I just sit on that stuff, but it's like a combination. It's stuff you already know, but with like a little added insight and a little spice from people giving me Intel. A little internet sleuthing. Yeah, We like it. I love it.
1: (laughs) So in the past year, you started working full-time with one of our favorite platforms to get inspo from Pinterest. Mm -hmm. How did this opportunity come about? Was it a pivot from something else or did you seek out the role?
2: So I was actually recruited by Pinterest just through LinkedIn. So a year before I actually joined the team, their recruiting reached out to me about a sales position. And I was really interested. I was working at like Amazon and Google, and I was working in the ad media side and on sales and operations. And I really wanted to pivot more into the space that I'm doing now, working on creator management and influencers. And so they approached me for a sales role. I had a phone call with recruiting and I love Pinterest as a platform. I use it. I love the organization and what they stand for. But I really wanted to kind of focus on the direction I was taking my career. So after the phone screening, I just, I said, you know what, I really appreciate it, but I don't think I'm going to pursue this because it doesn't feel right. And I actually took a consulting contract at another company working on influencer marketing for a year, almost like a year to the date later they had a creator marketing manager role in Canada. And so I got back in touch because I had a friend who had gone over from Google and they said, I feel like you'll be really good at this. That kind of kickstarted everything because they were like, yeah, we wanted to interview you. So like, we're still open to that. I got that position and now it's evolved into this creator inclusion role at a global capacity, which is amazing.
1: Congratulations. It's amazing. It's very exciting.
2: Yes, I
4: really like it it goes to show you like timing is everything, right? Mm
2: -hmm. Yes.
4: Oh my gosh. I say that all the time. It's crazy. And you said you are the creative inclusion lead there. So what exactly does your role entail? Like obviously two days are not the same at these quick growing organizations, but Walk us through a day in the life of Lex Nico at Pinterest.
1: Lemon water, (laughs) then skipping. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But first.
2: My day was skipping. So, So, I mean, I'm our global creator inclusion lead. And what that really means is that My day-to-day is about discovering, amplifying, and creating programs for underrepresented creators on our platform. So I really focus on finding those creators, onboarding them, and then giving them programs to work on and amplify their content through editorial, our managed services, and then monetized opportunities. So I do that on like the external side with creators. And then internally, I work with our teams on the platform as a product to really step back and look at how we can work to ensure that Pinterest is reflective of a diverse representation of creators so that it really feels like a place for everyone. So that's like high level what I actually do. My day after, you know, I meditate, I skip, I do my Pilates, I have my coffee, but like then it's just meetings. It's not glamorous at all. (laughs) I do my meetings, my break, like the joy in my day is literally breaking to do my daily roundup content. That's why I try to do it at the same time every day, because I try to stick to having that break. And then, you know, I either make content or think about content that I want to post for the rest of the week. Or if there's anything that's kind of like current or viral, I try to take advantage of that. And then, you know, I go to bed and I do it again. Like, it's not exciting, especially in quarantine. I wish there was more to do.
3: Real talk, that That is like the COVID work from home life, and totally. We we obviously know this has become a perma reality. Speaking it into existence that this will not be it for later this year, but here we are. So that like is a great pivot. Are you finding it really challenging with your team at Pinterest with the work from home thing? And what helps you be productive while you're working from home? I mean, I know you just said like all your good stuff, but you're in a different country
2: and. I know. I mean, I just really had to get over coming back from LA right now. I'm in Toronto because there we're like figuring out the visa, but, um, I really had to just get used to the fact that my hours are kind of all over the place. Like I'm on East coast time, but my team is all on Pacific. I have teammates that I work with in like Europe and in Southeast Asia. And so it's like, I'm available at all hours. That's never really going to change in the sense of trying to make it you know, coordinate with everybody on everybody's time and be respectful of that. And that's actually easier from working from home because it's like, if I have to get up and open my laptop and take a call at 630, it's not the end of the world versus like trying to get to the office for that time. So I'm actually like happy about that in that capacity in terms of, you know, making it productive. Like I'm a Virgo and I like work. So that's good. But I am like very intense about time blocking my calendar. And I think that that kind of like speaks to my work regimen is like, I'm time blocking. I have blocked time to focus, to do emails. I know exactly when I want to pause or break. And I try to stick to it as much as possible. It's like a little bit intense. I don't think that that's the approach for everybody, but it helps me be productive. And I like need a jam-packed schedule. I'm also one of those people. I don't know if any of you are like that. It's like the busier yes. I am, the more productive. 100%.
4: You don't have time to fuck off from your responsibilities. Yes, exactly. Did you use a productivity planner to get into your time blocking schemes or was that just you punching it into your Google calendar?
2: So I put it in my Google calendar, but when I first started doing it, I actually got this cube. It's dead right now or else I would like show you, but it's like a cube and it has like five, 10, 20, 30 minutes on it. And I, you like turn it on to the, time that you want and like set it there. And I would literally block chunks of my time. And when it dings, you can like move on or set it for another half hour. And that's like how I started getting into it so that it was like a physical presence of like sitting and focusing and knowing that I get a break after that or move on to the next thing. It helps me like make peace with my work. (laughs) Right. We love that
1: we structure. I'm coming
2: off like such a,
1: no, Not thing. you are not. not at all. No, no never. I, I, I'm thinking the opposite. I'm like, you need like all this work. I need less work. Uh-huh. Like I, I want more space to just like dream. Like, don't, don't, like you sound so on point. I need the cube. <laughs> We've all been avid pinners. And love Pinterest and love it for the inspiration. We use it so much for um, a lot of events and the way we do our mood boards. Mm -hmm. It's really just this the spot to go. Like it's a hundred thousand times better than Google (laughs) Images. For for those people who aren't on the platform, why Pinterest? Why would you think they should get on there?
2: I mean, for starters, you sort of answered it right there, right? You're like, it's a hundred times better than another search engine. Like Pinterest is genuinely a visual discovery engine, right? You go there, you want to be inspired. You want to know how to style something, cook something, create something. And it's a place to be discovered as a content creator right now. The other thing that I would say is like when an audience finds you on Pinterest, they are so loyal. They'll come back to you. They'll follow you on your other channels. You inspire them. It's like you become their person. And instead of going and like typing for that search item or that keyword, they go and they search for you and look at you because they want to know how like they can get inspired. They can create and take action based on what you're telling them to do. So it's like such a loyal audience is like what I always strive to tell people. And then of course, like the last thing I always say too, to my creators is just like, you're creating content on so many other platforms. And Pinterest is such an opportunity to repurpose with purpose, putting that content on there because people are going there to search and get inspired, putting content on there because people do want to click out and go to your website or your blog. And so understanding that you have all this great content, it takes no time to take that existing content and add Pinterest as an extension of your digital strategy.
1: I get these emails and I must have signed up for a, a long time ago <laughs> and these newsletters and they're always talking about how Pinterest has made them make hundreds of thousands of dollars and how it really helps them grow, which yes. is kind of what you just said. But do you have like a few steps on how you could actually start to make a little bit of headway on Pinterest? Yes.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest thing that we tell people, and we as a company are really shifting right now to focus on creators because we really want and we understand that creators see importance in being able to build an actionable following on a platform. And so we know brands are starting to come to us and say, we want to work with creators on platform. How can we do that? We have the creators here asking, how can we make content and build that following? How do we bridge that as that creator management team? And really what we're thinking about is like having people discover and find those audiences, inspiring them with a little bit more knowledge on the platform. And that's where the StoryPins product is really coming into play now, because we've realized people want to create or place that native content on Pinterest and tell more of a story to their audience on the platform because they know that their intent is so deep there. They know that they're there to discover and learn. And so they want to be able to give them that value straight on the platform right at that point that they're there with that interest. I
3: love this. I feel like when companies become so intentional about the things that they're doing, Mm -hmm. it makes the creative, I don't want to say the creative process, but it makes the creativity that comes out of that platform so much better because everything that they're doing is intentional around it. And That is where like the magic kind of, that's where the magic happens.
2: I was just going to say, like, I know, you know, I can at least speak to the conversations that I have with my team and cross-functionally. It's like, we really weigh heavy on creator and pinner feedback. And we do a ton of research and we make sure that the direction of the platform and the product is evolving with the voice of that creator and that mindset of the pinner in the back of our heads. Because ultimately, they're the ones that are bringing the inspiration to everybody. We're just trying to be, you know, we're trying to build the ship that they can steer. So it's super important to us as a platform that we're listening to what people are telling us.
3: So we've talked about this a couple of times, but Pinterest is, in your role primarily, is really focused on BIPOC creators, shining a light on them. And you've spoken a little bit about how Pinterest is doing that. But can you tell us more about what kind of, the the programs and the the things that you're putting together to do that?
2: Yeah, of course. I think one of the first things we wanted to do when I came into this role last year was from a product and a platform standpoint, how could we really look at ensuring that, you know, we have a representative group of creators that we're managing and working with. So the first thing we committed to was really saying that we want over 50% of the creators that we manage on the creator management team to come from a diverse or underrepresented background. And in being able to do that, we actually built out a tool on the platform. We call it um, like our self-identification tool. It allows people to add their community information and actually self-identify as a member of an underrepresented group. With that information, while it's extremely sensitive and we don't like have a ton of people accessing it for any reason, we can then take that and say, we want to amplify And work with these underrepresented creators, feature their content, look to them for monetization opportunities, and build out programs with these creators who have um, self-identified and opted into that tool. So that's like one facet from a product side. Unlike the program side and the work I do, I can speak to it at a high level because more of it will come out in like a few months. But I'm currently working on something that I can talk about where we just launched a creator program, which is like a creator fund that I've put together together, taking creators that self-identify from these underrepresented communities. We're bringing them onto Pinterest I'm giving them like educational resources week over week. We're giving them tools, trends, and tips to help them create on platform and guide them as they start to build their following on Pinterest. And then ultimately we're going to be providing them funding as well to be able to go out and create and to support their business. So that's like something I'm really personally proud of. And I can't wait to talk about more because it's been a labor of love since I've come on. It's been something that's been directing my work and we've just launched this two weeks ago. So I'm very excited to talk about it more. And then we have more programs like that, that we are going to be working on throughout the course of the year and beyond. I also wanted to plug, if I can plug quickly, we are hosting... A, an event that we're calling Black Gold during Black History Month. It's a creator event to basically share and amplify Black excellence with the Black creators that we work with on the platform. So that's going to be on February 24th. I will have a link that if people want to join, they can come to soon. It's open for all, but it's going to be like a very kick-ass day. My colleague, you know, she called it rad when I showed her like <laughs> what the event day was going to be, but I'm super excited for that. We're
4: signing up for sure. Amazing!
1: Shout
0: out to you. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: I'm I'm telling you, like I think I have like the best job. It's oh, just
0: I
1: love you know, to so hear much that. work,
2: but best. it's like I have the best job because I feel like I'm like doing something, you know? Yeah. Uh, you are. Purpose. You are purpose. You... Repurpose with purpose. Yes. That that stuck <laughs>
4: out to me. So Lex, I just want to rewind a little bit. You brought up Story Pins which was just introduced on the platform. Can you tell us how that works, how people can get engagement from that and how to be successful using that feature as an avid Pinterest user?
2: Of course. And yes, you know, some people have access to Story Pins right now and we're going to continue rolling that out. I think that the biggest thing that I want to highlight is similar to, you know, Instagram and Reels, I will say that with story pins right now, if you're creating story pins over any other piece of content on Pinterest, our algorithm is going to be pushing that out because we want people to know about story pins, know that they're here and use it. So definitely get creating story pins and if you have video content that you want to repurpose on Pinterest, you remove that watermark from whatever platform that you've made it on and you can repurpose that as like a single frame in a story pin and get that same amplification versus a video pin. So that's like a little tip for people. Stunning. Stunning, stunning, stunning. But what I love about story pins is just like that storytelling capability. Like you think about a content creator and it's like, I might be a fashion creator and I post an outfit and I give you the details. But you know what? Like I can give you the tap for details of what I'm wearing. But in a story pin, I can tell you why I'm styling it this way, why like the third piece rule is important and like, why you should be actually styling this outfit, but also here's like a bunch of different ways you can do it. So you have a chance to tell that holistic story on the platform and really have people engage with your content, realize you're the go-to person, and then also test and try it out and share their version of it as well. So I'm a storyteller, if you can't tell by how much I talk and the fact that you i love on podcast and everything, but like, I love being able to tell the full story beginning to end in a pin versus just like giving a static and trying to call to action people to like go read more. Mm -hmm. Us too. And it's like,
4: as a creator, can you physically like input your clips into
2: the story pin that you're creating to get into the nitty gritty? So from a technical standpoint, yes, you can do images and video. There's text overlay. We also have this thing that we call like the details drawer. So let's say you're taking people through how to, create a recipe. You don't need to like have text overlay of all of the ingredients throughout each frame. We have this detailed drawer that will say ingredients. And then people can tap on that and see the ingredients, the instructions, exactly what they need to do. And that little ingredients drawer is just at the top of every single story image in every single frame. But you can add your video, you can add closed captioning text on that, you can add text overlay and then you can, you know, splice in images as you see fit as well.
1: Maybe so to Try that this weekend. Yes.
2: <laughs> it's a fun tool. It's been fun to play around with for
1: sure. So, you just made the move to LA. You're back in Toronto now, but you were in LA and yes. I think you're going and back. And I'm going again. back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what was the biggest factor that made you want to move to LA?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest driving force, like it's kind of two-tiered, right? Like one is just professionally for my career. It's something I've wanted to do is work in the US. It's a bigger market than Canada and I've only worked in the Canadian market. And plus working with influencers and having that larger scale to tap into is something I'm just very eager to do. Like I'm just hungry to do it still. And then when we can kind of go back to normal and do things, being in LA with content creators is sort of, you know, the sweet spot because there's so many of them that go there to create. And so that's like a place that I want to be. And then also on like the other side of things, you know, for me and like my mental health and my creative health, like I just, I connect with so many more people there. I feel like there's very creative people there. You know, there's so many different walks of life and nobody is on one specific path that, there's like almost less judgment because everyone's doing their own thing and trying to make it in their own way. And I love that. And then, yeah, the mental health aspect of just having sunshine and being able to like hike or go for runs 365 days of the year is like, for me, a really big deal. Like I definitely deal with the seasonal depression on top of my depression. And like having that exposure to sunlight and like brightness for my mental health is just so big. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: And it's like, you've been there for the past few months. You seem to have a really positive experience in LA, which is awesome. What do you find to be the biggest misconception about actually living
2: there? I mean, I think definitely, (laughs) even for me, like the biggest misconception is like, everyone's like a real housewife of Beverly Hills, like dripping in (laughs) designers. That's it. like (laughs) Yes, there are definitely those pockets and those people, do not get me wrong, they exist. And that is kind of like the stereotype. But like I said, there there are also these like super down to earth, creative people that are just chill. They're just working on like finding themselves, self-discovery and focused on being happy. And it's just like a very different vibe. I also feel like even versus Toronto and like New York a little bit, People are more relaxed there. Like, I genuinely feel like it's the sunshine, but they're just like more relaxed. Things move a little slower. There's not as much like emotional stress brought to every situation. I don't know (laughs) what it is. I think people there are just like trying to find this balance. And I genuinely feel like that, while there is that stereotype, like that kind of gets lost in like the real housewives, rich kids of Beverly Hills of it all. Um, but there's like I—that's like what I appreciate about it so much.
1: Definitely a vibe, and that that sunshine. I know. I swear it just makes all the, the difference. Sunshine. The <laughs> I know. We love it. as we're life. all
4: sitting here in minus twenty weather.
3: Honestly, <laughs> honest. Twenty Celsius, by the way, not Fahrenheit. Great. Look it up. Great. Way worse. <laughs>
2: um,
3: so we already briefly mentioned that Alex has a podcast. Everyone, PSA: if you are not listening to it or you haven't checked it out you 1 million percent need to. It's called One Last Thing and it gives us more life. Um, So Alex, what inspired you to actually start your own podcast and how is it going?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I have to say, first of all, like the fact that you are all doing this is so amazing because I remember being so excited when you launched your podcast too. And I just, I love everyone doing this and maybe you echo the same sentiment, but I felt like what inspired me to start it was like, I was having conversations with people online or talking to people in the DMs. And I wanted to have longer form conversations that I just wasn't able to have in like the capacity of social media. And so I was like, this is a way to kind of have like one to many. And I know it's just me mostly talking, but it's like talking about conversations that we're already having online and expanding on those. And so for me, that's like kind of what I started it on. And it really started with pop culture in 2020 when everything happened in our world with COVID, with Black Lives Matter and the murder of George Floyd, I realized like pop culture is not just celebrities, like it's culture, it's current events, it's everything. And so I wanted to bring in that broader conversation and have more uncomfortable conversations or more uncomfortable reflection with myself, just because I realized, you know, at least the community that I build. And I know that it's similar for you. It's not just all about like the funny stuff. And I'm not going to be one of those people. Like I'm not talking about politics online. Like that's Mm. not me. That's not (laughs) who you all are. And so it's like, this is a part of all of us. So we should be talking about it just as much as we should be talking about like Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde dating, you know?
1: So. (laughs) And we really have to applaud you and give you your flowers for your transparency online. We know it can be really hard to toe that both lines, like to be funny, but also to be serious and to talk mm-hmm. about things like depression and be really real about it and to bring up haters and like show them, like shine the mirror right back in their oh, face. To, you know, how do you keep your chi, your positive energy chi and not get all negative and super down when you get these negative reactions or comments?
2: Honestly, like I I have my days, don't get me wrong. And I, one of my followers actually wrote me and got me into, they sent me a link on thought journaling. And when you're feeling a certain way, like being super anxious, or if I'm starting to feel really bad because of negative comments online, like I write down, you know, that overarching feeling and then you know, all the little things that I'm feeling as a reaction to that. And it's super helpful. Ooh, um, I so I really, that. really love that. If you want to Google thought journaling, it's it's been like a very interesting cathartic process. But I mean, on top of that, like I've gone through therapy and self-discovery and like I'm at a place of self-love that's probably like pretty high.
4: <laughs> yeah, <that's
2: laughs> so, amazing. I know it's been a journey. It doesn't like bother me too much, and I think that's why I kind of try to like flip the mirror on people because. It, <laughs> I love the people are talking about me. Don't get me wrong. Like, you want to talk about me even in a negative (laughs) sense? You're still talking about me. I'm still in your mind. So that's great. But like, I also think by like laughing about it or, you know, putting it on a pedestal. Yeah, putting it on blast takes the power away from it. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. You think I should wax my mustache, random person on TikTok? Like, I have melasma. I have melasma. Do you have a tip for that? Because I would love to know. (laughs) Like the other day. I'd love to know too, please. Yes. Yes. The other day with that like Rihanna TikTok, someone was like, you should figure out how to like cover up your mole. And it's like an it's a zit. I have a zit on my birthmark right now. So it looks and I was like, it's actually a zit, but like cool.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. They're, so, like,
2: they're so
3: ridiculous though. Like so ridiculous. They're crazy. People were in my DMs yesterday being like, I can't believe you showed the screen names of all those people. I'm like, this person is in my DMs trying to mm-hmm. show me his dick. Right. <laughs> and you're so like, and you're like, <laughs> ooh, Cleo, how could you show his name? What? Exactly. It's <laughs> so like, like why his did you dick. Think- I am the problem here. Exactly. And the number of people who said it to me, I was like, am I, am I missing
2: something?
3: No, no. <laughs> no, you're not.
2: And this is the thing. I'm just like, it really comes down to, and this might be like a really brash way of saying it, but it's like, who the hell do you think you are? Like-
1: I don't Act. literally it's not you don't not know me at all. It's,
4: you don't know my story.
1: <laughs> yes. Simply. I also don't want to see your dick. Like <laughs> yes. it's like I never like, <laughs> like, never like asked what, that. Like you open it and you're like, god damn. <laughs> Unless like, I, I did not know, ask for that. Literally. <laughs> yes. Unless you said please send me your dick pics. Like <laughs> it is literally exactly exactly an
2: assault. So, then we have a different story. Exactly. But on <laughs> and then it's like, you know what?
1: fair. (laughs) Well, that's a a different story.
2: (laughs) But seriously, it's just like, I find if we can't, if I can't laugh about this, knowing that this is coming from a person that does not know me, does not identify with me or who I am or my story, as you say, like if I can't in my own brain process that, that does not hold power over me, then That I shouldn't be online and I shouldn't be putting myself in this public position for that kind of scrutiny. And, you know, I think my friend said it really, really well. Like, you know, you know, Nat Bitoves, like she said it so well to me when I went to LA, she's like, I feel if this was 10 years later, this wouldn't be like the same situation. I would be worried for you to go, but Mm. you have like blossomed and grown into somebody that is like, so confident and like your self-love is so strong with yourself that like, I don't worry about you going there at all because you know yourself. And I think that's like such a key thing for me being able to laugh at this is it's like, I've gotten to this place where I know myself. And I think that's why I'm able to be so transparent and also feel confident to like have the funny conversations, but also the uncomfortable or serious ones. Cause it's like, it doesn't define me.
1: Exactly. Shout out to Matt. We love, we a good love it. We love, we love Matt. I know. <laughs>
2: my number one fan. We get to my clothes. And we love that for you. Thank you.
4: <laughs> we should. All but have you that. need to, you need to enlighten us, Alex, because you are such a well-rounded queen as Coco mentioned. So the real question is how the fuck do you juggle? <laughs> yeah. Staying up to date with your daily celeb news, working full time at Pinterest, hosting your own podcast, and taking care of yourself. We see you on your cleanse, sister. Oh, yeah. Other than the cube.
3: Other yeah. Than the cube, <laughs> yes. Other than the, other than the extreme mean,
2: time blocking. This is the thing. It really starts for, at least for me, and like, please let me know if you feel the same or like if you have any tips as well. But like, it really starts with like taking care of myself first. So, like, am I exercising? Am am i meditating am i eating right am i getting my water like i do prioritize me even if that means i have to wake up earlier to like do that in my day i'm committed to that because it makes me approach my life better and like me be a better or best version of myself so like there is that piece to it that it's like if i can't take care of myself first i can't take care of anybody else and it's like that harmony to it it's not going to be every day i'm not i have compassion for myself if it's like I can only skip for 10 minutes that day and I can't do this or that, you know, it's like giving yourself grace and having that compassion for yourself too. So that I'm not in my mind stuck on like, Oh, I didn't do that. Or this didn't get done. Like it's not all going to get done someday and that's fine. And I accept that. And that's like a huge key for me being able to function, but then it really is like the schedule. Like I schedule things in my Mm -hmm. life, you know, like I even schedule the breaks and It really comes down to saying, like, if this is something I want to do and I want to pursue, I'm committed to making the time for it. And if it's something that doesn't fit into that, then, you know, it's not going to happen. And that's okay too. Or maybe that's something I think about in a year or two. You write it down in like your goals diary and you block it away. Um, So that's kind of how I approach things and how I get it done, because I genuinely want to do it. I also should probably prioritize dating. <laughs> like I'm giving myself <laughs> grace on that because you can't really do it right now. Right. But I'm like, when that can happen, like it is something I want to do. And I was doing it in LA when I was there because it's important to me. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm ready for a partner. Like somebody, they can come on board now.
1: <laughs> I love the, what you said, giving yourself grace and compassion. That's so beautiful.
2: I think and that's so many true. People don't do.
1: No, and yeah. we've kind of came up in the time where it was just like, two-day workouts and, like, you know, eating clean and, like, no carbohydrates, like, this this kind of no, way of where, yes. like, we didn't have, like, this new self-love, um, all of these mantras for self-care and self-love that are really now almost trending, you know, and the right. body positivity and all those things that are now coming out. I think you kind of touched on this mostly in your last answer, but do you have any other self-care Things that you must do,
2: like do Uh, like baths or when you got. I mean, look, (laughs) (laughs) like this is my favorite question of all of them. But like my like Friday through Sunday, I am weaving in self care. There, you know what I mean? Like I am lucky being in Toronto now. My parents like have a sauna, so it's like I work out, I sauna. I do like my nice Saturday with my coffee in there. And I know people think it's weird. I take a hot drink into the sauna, but I like it. It's what I do. It's like my time for me. But like, I love that. But I mean, my Friday nights are really like my self-care time. It's like, I put the robe on and she's got the robe. She's got, you know, the barefoot dream socks. I light a candle. I have a glass of wine or a tea because I'm detoxing now. I do the push face mask or like a face mask with my mom. And then I have like a couple TV episodes that I want to watch. That's like just for me or like a movie that I want to watch. Like, and that's like, I'm not on my phone. I'm not going live. It's like my time. And it's just like my favorite moment of the week because it's like, okay, the work week's done. I'm taking this break. I know I've got stuff to do over the weekend, but like right now, this is my moment. And it's
1: bliss. Like the road.
2: Can we self-care? Can we all get on the robe? She's a rich auntie. Um, yes. Oh my God. I,
1: I love me a I love me a robe. I swear, before when we used to travel, Jimmy would always be like, oh, there's your robe. Like <laughs> as soon as you walk into the hotel, all my clothes are off and I'm in a robe. Like and I judge the hotel based on how yeah. good the robe is. I'm like, you this
2: have to. a
1: whack robe. We can't do this. They need to upgrade their robe situation.
2: Yeah. I'm checking out. <laughs> this is not service. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But that's my self-care, man. It's like, it's the best. I'm so yeah. excited that it's Friday. I'm recording this too, because I'm like, I know that's coming.
1: <laughs> I love that. And everybody listening, just really take, heed this knowledge, like taking time for yourself plugging time in for yourself is so key. I'm, I'm so guilty too, of just getting like caught up in the busy and being busy Mm -hmm. for being busy that, you know, you almost get resentful to other people as a result of you not scheduling in time for yourself. I always talk to these girls about that. And like, even Cleo this week was like, actually, like, maybe I will just like put time in your calendar for you. And, like, I don't have to be around you, but like, you need to schedule in time, you know, even just to go for a walk or because you can get yes. so caught up, especially during COVID, to just be like always working because mm-hmm. it's, you it's always can be. Do. Yeah. Right? You don't leave the office, you work in the office now. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: But it's like you have to. And it, I think what's so like, not even interesting, but was, what was really fascinating to me and getting to this place was like overcoming the notion that making and blocking time for myself was selfish and like getting over that. And now I'm just like, what? Like what? But it was like, I was, I felt guilty about it. Why do we do that? And I but think like, it's, cause it's it's know. a boundary
3: thing, right? Like learning to set that boundary when you work and especially because at work that's what the culture is and it has been at lots of jobs coming up for as long as we've lived like they want you to keep working work hard be available do all those things so then you are basically conditioned to be like if I'm not doing something I'm not successful I'm not you know productive I'm not
1: we've kind of moved from the grind culture to the self-love culture and yes it's going to take time for us to kind of really move into that exactly. It's just hard to draw the the
3: boundary sometimes too. When like, uh, because like we all have to do it. Where you're like, don't send that fucking email at 8 p.m. Like, don't do that shit. Like, just queue it up for the morning. It's you can snooze it,
1: you know. And we all forget you. You take like you want to prove that you're working so people yeah think you work hard. It's like so much like it's so ego and everything's caught up in all of that.
2: It's very fascinating to me,
4: and I, I find it so funny too. The fact that like five years ago, you had, remember Simon Sinek did that viral video that went around and it was like, millennials are so lazy. They don't want to work hard. They Mm want to take over Mm -hmm. their dad's company and do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how the times have changed. Like, this is a group that I have never seen work harder or like give Mm -hmm. up more for their jobs because they just get that fulfillment from it. And that was so applauded. And now like Coco said, we're moving into that Self love realm where people are finally allowing themselves to get a workout in and put their phone down for five minutes. I I have a serious problem. I'm like,
1: imagine that.
4: Imagine (laughs) Imagine that. that. A A concept. A concept.
1: So, on that note, we all need a personal day Mm -hmm. or a personal hour or a personal couple hours. We all need a row. (laughs) Alex, you could go on for hours and hours, but all good things must come to an end. We know your block time is probably about up right now. So <laughs> thank you for joining us on another episode of Conversations with Coco and Friends.
4: Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Everyone listening, you can all stay woke by following at LexNiko, L-E-X-N-I-K-O on all platforms and checking out Alex's pod, One Last Thing. Thank you for blessing us with your presence, sister. And hopefully we can all be in LA next time. Recording together. Yes. Oh my
3: God. Yes, please. Coes, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conversations with Coco and Friends. You know what to do. Rate this podcast on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on all socials at Coco and Co. That's C-O-W-E.
0: See you later.